You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It's Anthony and Aurora here talking more Luke Cage. Uh, it seems like we just did an episode of this <laughs> not that long ago. Yes. Uh, I, th- I think that was just a timing thing. We did just release an episode, but mm-hmm. um, actually I was thinking about that heavily when I went to go watch the episodes last night. It's like, didn't we just record an? Ep- we did just record an episode, and we I did, get to yeah. watch, and I get to watch more so soon. Uh, <laughs> that was good, and uh, there there were no. Well, I was going to say there weren't any major plot twists, but in fact, there were. I believe, there yeah, was, there, yes, there's another there's another major plot twist here, but there was also mm-hmm. some really crazy things that happened as the show kind of delved, got a little more comic booky at times, right? Uh, which is not a bad thing; it's a good thing. And uh, let's let's start diving into it. It's uh, season one, episode nine. D W Y C K. I have no idea what that actually stands for. Is that some sort of uh, youth uh, 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 like phrase that I do not understand as an old man? I don't. I have no idea. If we if we were to Google this, I wonder what would happen. I if, am. Uh... <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm pretty sure it's something that you know, just young people know. <laughs> apparently, apparently, it is a gang star song from 1992, and the acronym is "Do What You Can, Kid." Oh, okay. That's got to be what it's in reference to. It okay. Has to be it. It's a 90s hip hop song. Okay. So anyway, uh, a police psychologist is tasked with examining Misty Knight. Cage is detected by two policemen after he kind of recovers from his his dumpster diving, uh, which really wasn't dumpster diving. He was just shot and fell into a garbage truck. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't really feel like getting arrested. He beats them up before escaping. However, the dash mm. cam video of this event uh, is, starts to go viral. Right. Uh, Diamond Bla- uh, Diamondback is blaming Shades for Cottonmouth's death. Mariah Dillard meets uh, Mr. Cologne and convinces him to arrange a meeting with all the local crime bosses. Uh, Luke reunites with Claire, who convinces him to let her take him to Dr. Bernstein for treatment. Now, of course, that is the doctor from Seagate Prison, who mm-hmm. is responsible for Luke being in this situation uh, to begin with. She figures if anybody can help him get this uh, Judas shrapnel out, it would be this guy. So that's right. where they're headed. Uh, The inspector releases Misty and tasks her with finding Luke, who arrives at Bernstein's with Claire. Uh, They give him the drive containing the data he needs, 
And meanwhile, Diamondback interrupts Mariah's meeting with the crime bosses, and he kills all of them. Yeah. Except for except for Mr. Cologne, of course, who is left mm-hmm. uh, alive. Uh, she tells Diamondback that the video of Luke attacking the policeman has made him an enemy of the city, and that this way, Diamondback, a.k.a. Willis Stryker, can now come out of the shadows and start selling those Judas bullets to the NYPD. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bernstein says the only way, after examining Luke's body and his skin... The only way that it's possible to allow Luke's body to open up for them to remove the shrapnel is a, a rather simple task of dipping his entire body inside acid. Uh, yeah. He has to take an acid bath. Uh, and he d- they do this in the hopes that it will soften his skin, uh, giving the former a chance, uh, giving Claire a chance to remove the shrapnel. However, the pain of this procedure puts Luke in cardiac arrest. Right. So, uh, to be continued, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you think of uh, DWYCK? That was a good idea, right? To put him in acid. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy, though. The crazy visual, right? They put, like, the gas mask thing yeah. on him so he can yeah. breathe. And um, my kid's watching this, and he's like, if his skin is impenetrable, how come he's screaming so much? And it's like... Yeah. I, I think he's not impervious to pain. Well, that's I also uh, thought about that. And I, I remember, you, you know, that after he got shot by that uh, Judas bullet, mm-hmm. he he can feel pain. Yeah. He was feeling pain after he got shot. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why. Perhaps. I mean, I, I, I think I'd like to think that it hurts when he gets hit no matter what. It just doesn't hurt nearly as bad. Maybe, like if, yeah. Like if somebody cracks him with a baseball bat, it hurts. But maybe no worse than somebody giving him a punch or something. Right. And it doesn't obviously break skin, so it can't really do damage. Uh, so, I don't know. I'd like to think that maybe it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never been shot. But I have heard people say the actual getting shot part doesn't hurt as much as the pain yeah, that, the follows, the follow, mm-hmm. that follows being shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see know, that. But I don't. But I don't know, and nor would I ever like to find out. So yeah, me either. I'll just leave that a mystery for now. But um, yeah. So uh, outside of that, what, what did you, uh, continue your thoughts? Um, for the rest of the episode, I I don't want to say I liked this episode. I just um, I I felt throughout the episode that I was really tense mm-hmm. um, because every. Everything that happened in this episode, especially when um, the police um, stop uh, Lukash, um, the way that he reacts towards the police, they ask him to remove his hoodie, and he's like, "Why? You know, I'm I'm just walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why you were asking these things of me." And the policeman gets kind of like, you know, aggressive a little bit. Um, it just made me. I know that they're making a statement. Yeah, I mean, for for goodness sakes, they showed us multiple times from the dash cam perspective. Yes. Which, yeah. you, you know, if you've followed any incidents where there's been um, police brutality or anything, you've seen right. these videos on the internet like from the dash cam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they're definitely sending a message uh, yeah. with, with that scene for sure. And I, and I like that. I like how they're using the show to convey this message because I think it's important. But at the same time, I, I when I was watching it, I, I felt 
tense. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it was something that was really happening because we've seen it happen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in real life on right. TV. You just so, you just don't see a dude hurl a cop into the windshield. Right. Is you know like <laughs> right. that's the only thing that like brings you back into the show. Yes. But you're but you're right. I, I thought it was I thought it was brilliant that mm-hmm. choice to to do that. I mean obviously they've done a lot of these these statement things either sometimes very overtly or sometimes more subtle but um yeah. and and that's not you know they did more of it in the next episode uh, right. as well but they uh and and obviously we'll get to that but yeah I thought that was I thought that was great doing the the dash cam thing and they, and they I, they did it smart too they didn't overdo it by showing the I think I think lesser directors or creative minds would have been like we should do the whole scene from the dash cam like that's right right and I think that would have been maybe a little too much I think right. they did just the 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 right amount and they also did it to set up the shot where Luke throws the the police officer into the dash cam essentially right, right. and I and I did like the before that when um, the other cop starts shooting at him he turns to protect the first cop yes. And I, I like that a lot because, you know, he's trying to get away from cops, but they're not showing him, you know, being overly aggressive. Yeah. And he's, not, he's still he's, trying to protect them and he's not trying to kill them or anything like that. He doesn't um, have a disregard for, for lives. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the other parts of the episode, I, I was also tense because, you know, with Diamondback and the way that he is acting, he's clearly, you know, I, I think it's worth Worst than Cuttermouth, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know the way that he kills all those people without any yeah. remorse whatsoever. Yeah. I um, mean, Cottonmouth did, I think, what he had to do and didn't have qualms right. about it. But he always looked at it as more of a, you know, there's a civil, there's a, I guess, a civilized way of going about it. As weird as that is to say, whereas Diamondback has, you know. No, I mean, he went in there and killed all those crime bosses. Didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a big deal to him. This whole thing. He has his his target that he wants right. to get, and he doesn't care who else gets in his way. If he has to wipe them out, he will do it, and everything else be damned. So, yeah, in that regard, he's like Cottonmouth, but far more reckless. Yeah, not not as not nearly as calculated or anything like that in his in his actions. Yeah. He's very much like, here I am with a big gun. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, show any signs of <laughs> remorse whatsoever, which to me is always scary in right. a villain. When he tries um, to set up, he tries to, you, you see this when he tries to set up Luke Cage and does it very poorly in the next episode where he tries to frame right. him. Right. By just shouting, I'm Luke Cage. Yep. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, at you know, at the same time, I, I feel... um. It's uncomfortable to watch these episodes for me because seeing, you know, the politician involved with the crime bosses and yeah. um, this whole world that you know exists in real life. Yes. We all know that this happens. And the fact that we're seeing, seeing it on screen um, just reinforces the fact that these things happen in real life. And it's just awful. Yeah, it brings <laughs> an uncomfortable realism to it. Right, right. Um, on the brighter side, I would like to sit here and point out that I really did not like the musical performance on this episode. Really? <laughs> that was the thing that drove me nuts. <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't stand the voice of the guy who was singing in this song. It just, 
he looked like a fairly older man. Like this looked yeah, like yeah. A, this looked like a Motown group from yeah, the early yeah. '60s. But uh, boy, I did not care for this man's voice, and it was just it grated <laughs> on me the whole time. And then when Diamondback's like, "Quiet, I like this song," I was like, "He's definitely the bad guy because I can't stand this. If he likes it, it can't be good." Um, so that's that's what I picked apart from this episode. I, otherwise, I otherwise I liked this episode, but this was very yeah. much like a, a setup episode for what happened after yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I didn't care much about the that scene with Misty and the psychologist. I've... Yeah, not. Re- I mean, so Misty tells the story right about the lemonade, and she had a friend, mm-hmm. and she went to go get the lemonade and left her friend, and her friend was kidnapped and then killed right. or whatever it was, and. She had regret for this ever since, and it's kind of like the catalyst for her becoming an officer. Right. And uh, she also thought back to her relationship with Luke Cage, although she didn't overtly admit to the psychiatrist Mm -hmm. that she had slept with him, and thus creating a much larger conflict of interest in this case. Uh, She she just went with the we had coffee, but Mm -hmm. she was clearly thinking about it. Uh, I mean, so there's, there's things to take from it, but it was not the, you know... For me, the whole thing was like putting Luke Cage in a giant vat of acid. That's that's <laughs> yes. where I was at. I'm like, what is going on here? This is insane. Mm-hmm. And then the crazy thing is, it's not working. Oh, and he just he's having a heart attack. Yep. yep. And then they, and then they went to credits. I'm like, oh, sweet. I I'm excited to watch the next episode. Yeah. And they ended it so well, right? Because before they put him in acid, uh, Claire says, uh, "Just put your fist in the air if you." Uh, you can't take the pain right. and he's like yeah sure and and at the end when the episode uh, ends you see him trying to put the fist mm-hmm. but he can't and then the episode ends so I, th- I thought that was cool too very good ending yeah to uh to an okay episode but had a great ending mm-hmm. uh what would you give this one um 3.5 okay that's what i gave it as well yeah, uh, I think this actually might be the lowest rated episode. I, I think. think so. Yeah, I don't know if we've gone lower than than like a high three, uh, like a three and three quarters or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've gone lower than that, but boy, that's really not to say you know nobody sent in an email saying how are you. Uh, <laughs> as we've had to point out before uh, in reviews and other things, three and a half is actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, I, I usually do it compared to the other episodes in the show, and you know, compared to other episodes, this one was three point five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, you know, I, I've always looked at a three as being average, which is not bad. Average is mm-hmm. a, average is average. Uh, if I watch an average movie, that means, uh, you know, I, I had a I had a good enough time. Two hours right. popcorn. Mm-hmm. I had a good enough time. Anything above a three means above average. Mm-hmm. And the higher, you know, the higher you go, obviously, the better, I, you know, we think it is. But three and a half is pretty well above average. This yeah. is still a good episode. It's mm-hmm. just, compared to everything else, you're correct. It's, right. it's not as great as some of the other things. And certainly, to me, not as good as the next episode, which we are about right. to discuss, which is season one, episode 10, called Take It Personal. So Claire and Dr. Bernstein managed to revive Luke, uh, not before figuring out what the problem is. See, it's not that he's in acid. It's just that the acid just isn't hot enough. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? So now he's not just taking an acid bath. It has to be a boiling acid bath. <laughs> yes. So they turn up the heat. Uh, by the way, when I say revive, I mean Claire plugged in a toaster or something and literally threw it into the acid. <laughs> yes. She's nuts. <laughs> but awesome. 
<laughs> yes. I mean, it's not like you're going to be able to like put like uh, like the paddles on his chest. He's he's in he's in yeah, flipping you can. acid. Yeah. You can't. Um, so she's just like next best thing. Plug this in, throw it in there. <laughs> Cross your fingers, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's like the Tim the Toolman Taylor of of doctors, I guess. Just <laughs> just put it all together, hope it works, and maybe yeah, it won't sure. explode everything. Yeah. Uh, but it works. The boiling acid thing works, and before Luke's body overheats and he boils alive and dies, Claire is able to remove the last of the Judas shrapnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke finds out that he was chosen as an experiment subject long before he was injured in Seagate. Mm-hmm. He and Claire looked at Reva's files and found videos of her proving that she was the person who chose Luke. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty crazy. I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more. Um, meanwhile, Willis Stryker kills a policeman. He punches an old man. He's wearing some sort of Justin Hammer tech, like it's a glove mm-hmm. that enhances his strength. And he punches this guy and sends him flying, and it kills him. And he just walks away yelling, I'm Luke Cage, in case anyone yeah. is wondering. Mm-hmm. If you want to know who committed this crime, it is me, Luke it's Cage. most stupid plan I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, Misty, I don't think, believed it either. I mean, yeah. the, the evidence is pretty crazy. He's wearing a hoodie. Yeah. He punched a guy and went flying. He shouted mm-hmm. that he was Luke Cage. I mean, there, <laughs> there is a lot of evidence there. I guess. But Misty, far more uh, cagey, pun intended, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, figured out that I, I, don't think, I don't think that was him. Uh, the police get angry and however, when, okay. So after the officer dies, the police become angry and get more aggressive because one of their own has been killed. Right. In this, uh, in this, uh, aggression to find Luke, uh, one detective ends up beating a teenage boy. Yeah. Who was, uh, I believe it was the son of the woman who hit on Luke Cage and pops, uh, and at pops barbershop, I think in like the first episode. Oh, maybe yeah. I believe that's the same woman and the the same child, and because that kid was defending Luke Cage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, Mariah Dillard shows her support for the boy and arranges a ceremony in Harlem's Paradise. Luke threatens Bernstein not to replicate the experiment and leaves with Claire and the drive. Uh, not before he completely trashes Bernstein's uh, medical science lab slash barn. Uh, however, Bernstein is revealed to have a copy, backup copy of the data. Uh, during the ceremony, Mariah insists on Luke Cage's fault and the need for the police to arm themselves against him, her fellow party member. I love how this guy doesn't have a name. It just always refers to him as <laughs> her fellow party member in politics. Uh, yeah. However, secretly tells her about their knowledge of the truth, which mm-hmm. means he's going to die soon. Uh, <laughs> Luke, yes. Uh, Luke and Claire arrive at Harlem's Paradise while Misty arrives too, attempting to arrest Willis because they were able to use camera footage to piece together this man's face who claimed to be Luke Cage, but she figured mm-hmm. out it was Willis. And uh, as he uh, as she attempts to arrest him, Willis shoots her before Cage interrupts and tries to escape with her, but they are surrounded by mercenaries as the episode ends. And I've got to I got to say something. Uh, I am disappointed that they did not talk about one of the best things in this episode, which is Luke's realization that uh, Willis Stryker is indeed his brother. Yeah. They did this in flashbacks where yeah. 
where while Luke and Claire are out after the Bernstein thing, they go back to uh, Atlanta or somewhere in that area, wherever it was that his his father's his father's church was, which yeah. is now run down and abandoned. But when Luke goes in there, he starts getting these flashbacks of himself as a as a child and his mm-hmm. father. Uh, clearly had cheated on his mother with his secretary, right. who was Stryker's mother. Mm-hmm. And he has this deep-seated hatred for Luke, does Willis, because he believed that his father uh, always shunned him as the, I guess, as the bastard child. Right. right. He's, right. A, he's a pastor who couldn't admit that he had, had, he had slept with this other woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Luke was saying that the funny thing was, funny thing was is that his father did not pay him a lot of attention Right. Either, but that's kind of like where this all, uh, where this all came from. So, uh, your thoughts on take it personal? Well, going back to that scene, I that was my favorite scene in the church because I loved how the story was told. Like you, you were jumping from like present time to the past, and it was like all connected in a really cool way. Yes. So I, I like that that scene a lot. Um, and I think we, he mentioned in a previous episode, um, I can't remember how many episodes back it was, but someone asked him about his dad. I think it was Claire. Um, and he said that, you know, his dad is alive, but they don't talk because um, he's disappointed in him for being, you know, having gone to jail. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah so maybe we'll see. Yes. Because presumably, his, yeah, I mean, his dad is still alive. Right. So. Yeah. Um. I, so I, I, I was, uh, now people didn't hear this cause we were talking about it off air. I was telling you about mm-hmm. my, my issue, uh, my minor issues with, with parenting mm-hmm. Ch- children have a way of, if you're not, if you're not a softy already, children can make you a softy very easily. I was kind <laughs> of always a fairly sensitive person. Uh, but children have made it, uh, far, far more so I think, but I still think even with this not being the case, my, I have a rule of thumb that if a show can really make you feel an emotion, then that means you're at the very least, you're watching a tremendous scene, but by and large, it probably means the episode itself is great. Right. Uh, if you feel anything. And I got to admit, I felt some real true blue heartbreak when Luke found out that Riva had lied to him about everything. Yeah. That was tough. Like when she was, convincing him that she's on his side the weird thing is is that i they got married and, yes uh and that they they did have this life and i don't know like i don't i don't know if we'll ever get the answers to it because her character is dead but i i now i'm left wondering if she had this change of heart and and felt incredibly guilty and yeah. did fall in love with him but from the from the beginning it seemed very clear that she was she, had, she, she was completely using him <laughs> yeah. and was lying to him the whole time about mm-hmm. all of this. And, you know, like there's a, um, there's a, an, an end uh, where he's talking with Claire mm-hmm. and, you know, she's, she's like, you know, are you, are you still in love with her? And he did that line from the Barbara Streisand movie where he's like, I'm, I, I'm in love with the idea of her. Right. Right. Um, but he's not in love with, Reva Connors anymore, which was sad, 
Yeah. Because it was like, I'm, but I mean, there's also a part of me that's like, oh, now the door is open for Jessica Jones to step right back in. Because <laughs> uh, that's where that's where my mind went right to. It's like, I know they're married in the comic books, so let's make this yeah. happen during the Defenders, please. Yeah. Um, or maybe Claire. There was kind of like a spark God, between that, them in the beach as well. That moment was so great where he reached, because yeah. her hands are in her pocket. And he reaches into her pocket and pulls out her hand first. Mm-hmm. And they're staring at each other longingly. And then he reaches back into her pocket and pulls out the keys and says, I'm driving. <laughs> yes. And then she goes, it's about time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there are some sparks there for sure. And she is yeah. so great. Like when Bernstein was trying to convince her to come back when, and help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, you know, if you did half the shit to me that you did to Luke, you'd be dead already. <laughs> She's so good. Yeah, she's awesome. She's, she's awesome. she is the best. She's like the unsung hero of these shows. I know. I think yeah. we've already said it before. I think did we already discussed renaming this the Claire Temple yes. fan podcast? Again, she ha- so again, good. like I said before, she has saved all of them. Yeah, she's the best. She's yeah. so she's so awesome. I yes. mean, you know, granted, we mentioned her recklessness by just tossing a, an, a, an electric <laughs> instrument into a vat of boiling acid, but you know. <laughs> I feel like she knew what she was doing there. Yeah. That was nuts. But uh sure, what the heck? Uh but yeah, man, they had they had some they had some great moments together. Uh, and that line that he says on the beach about that he lo- he loves the idea mm-hmm. um of her kind of ties with the church because then he says that his dad hates the idea of him. Of, yeah. Yes. Which was uh, a good tie in. Or no, that he hate was it that he hated the idea of him, or he hated the idea of Willis. Of Willis, that's right. Yeah, oh, that's so perfect. Mm-hmm. You're right. This is a great show, Aurora. <laughs> what did you give this one? This may have bumped up the, my score for this episode. Whoa, this one I I'm gonna give it a high score, especially because again, the previous episode I was uh, I felt really tense, but this one took it to another level just by that you know that kid. Yes. Being, oh right, uh, right. We didn't even we didn't even we didn't even touch on that. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about it real quick before we do the scores because this whole thing was actually the the scene with the kid was very tough, even though they didn't really show the beating. Yes. But the whole thing surrounding it was basically one giant uh, message about stop and frisk. Yes. Do you, you know who might know Luke Cage? Black people. Well, let's stop every black person right. we can find. And and hold them against their will and ask and ask them questions or take them in. And before you know, we see the kid uh, all beat up. The kid is being interrogated by the cop, and the kid has a lot of great points. <laughs> he does have a lot of great. He's a smart kid. And, he's but, very smart. He knows his rights, and right. he's like, you know, I, I don't, you don't, I can't, you don't, right. you can't hold me here. I'm a minor. You, you can also, and you can also see why the cop is. They 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 never went full to one side like. Um, you know, like these guys have no justification. Like, there's justification for why that officer was mad because he had right. the picture of the dead officer on his phone. He's like, you know, he's like, this guy was my, you know, partner or mentor or whatever. He has a family at home. He's got two kids, and you can't tell me anything about Luke Cage. He was just, you know, mad. He wanted justice for his friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they made sure the officer who did this was also African American. I think to right. to drive the point home a little bit more that. Even in situations like this, there are good and bad on both sides, and right. skin skin color doesn't always play a factor into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that, but yeah, it was the fact that he pummeled this child 
over this yeah, was, that was really very tough to dis- watch. very disturbing yeah uh, and i think i mean i don't know i don't know what's in their heads i feel like maybe the reason they went with an african american actor for this was that it may have been even it would have been far harder to watch if it were a white officer or something we already mentioned I, that yeah. it's been uncomfortable at times mm-hmm. um but i feel like instead of doing that message i think they wanted to send a message that um when it comes to this attitude of seeking justice for the death of a cop, it doesn't matter your skin color. Police will often go far beyond the bounds of reason to, yep. to find justice. And we have seen this many times as well. Uh, yeah. So. And in the previous episode, when um, the psychologist is talking to Misty, there's a line that she says where um, she says, I don't look for justice. I stalk it. Yeah. Um which to me was a kind of like a little bit disturbing to hear a cop say that because yes. you know there's a line because stalking can, you know, is a, stalking is obsessive behavior and right. people are willing to do anything to justify their obsession yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that is an issue obviously yeah. uh, I'm, I've I've lost track of how many cases that I've seen where it's like well they just wanted to solve the case uh, they just, right they just wanted the they needed to find somebody. As soon as they found somebody, they they pinned it down as hard as they could. Right. Right. Uh, everything else be damned because that's all they were interested in mm-hmm. is, is closing it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they they've done some great messaging in this show this season. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So score for for take it personal. I am going to. For me, this episode was a four, but I'm gonna give it a four point five because. Okay. Um, when they see the security uh, footage of Willis it's blurry like it's it's real and the the reason why I'm saying this is because if you see like other crime shows Mm -hmm. every time they have like security camera footage it's like crystal clear oh yeah they do the they do the it's like from 500 feet away and they're like yes uh, and they can zoom in and they can see like the the doors yeah the the enhancement filter or whatever So when I saw this in this show, I was like, you know what? Thank you, Lukash. Thank was, you for being was, real in this situation. It was very blurry. <laughs> yes. um, so 4.5. Okay. I gave this one four and three quarters. I'm All right. very close to giving it a full five. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's so it was just so good. that All the, the tie-ins with the flashbacks and the, the revelations, and there are just a lot of great moments. Outside, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that final scene when he's carrying Misty and getting shot all over, that was amazing. Yes, like a true villain, that Luke Cage that they're painting him as, <laughs> saving this police officer's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, in fact, the only thing that may have ruined it was Stryker, Stryker's framing job was so awful that it maybe cost <laughs> this show a quarter of a point. <laughs> so I'm blaming Willis Stryker on this one. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's it for this week's episode. Uh, you can go to cinemageekly.com to check out all of the past episodes in the archive. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play Music by just searching for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. And you can hit the subscribe button and get these episodes delivered to your device as they become available. And uh, you can do that the next time we are here when Aurora and I are talking. There's only three episodes left in the season, mm-hmm. Aurora. Yeah. And and we're talking two of them. Episode 11 called Now You're Mine and episode 12 called Soliloquy of Chaos. Mm-hmm.